Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Mark Labriola and Benjamin Manley. The Friday Habit is for small business owners, freelancers, and creatives who are ready to take their business to the next level. Join us as we discover how to apply the strategies we learn to grow our businesses, make more money, and live every day like it's Friday. I think a lot of values are very abstract, you know, integrity, or I mean, some of them are, you know, just kind of like, okay, that's, you know, good, but it's not very actionable. And uh, one thing we do, we, we um, do something called uh, core behaviors instead of core values. So it's kind of similar, but just like a, an action. And it sounds like that's similar to what you're doing. But I love the idea of what you're doing even more because you're talking about sharing like examples and stories of these things, not even just like what the behavior should be. Um, and we do something every week called kudos where we celebrate something a customer said about our team or something like that. But I like, I like your twist on it, which is, Hey, tying it directly to a value and not even something that customers say, maybe somebody on the team calls somebody else out on the team and sees, Hey, you know what you, you follow this value. It's not even about what the customer thinks or what they said, but it's about, I saw, and I noticed that you exhibited, exhibited this value and the mix them an example. Like that's, that's, a, I love that. Like that's an amazing tip. Hundred percent. The the big reason for it. I mean, these all these statements sound really simple. When you start to dig into uh, one of my co-founders by training is an anthropologist. Like, that's what she went to school for. She went to dissect uh, like all of these dig sites, craft the story, and let, let's think about it. Imagine you're an anthropologist and you go and you visit a company and you had to interpret what are the values. Like if you go to Google and you go to one of the offices, you'd infer like, oh, one of their core values is a lot of food. That's, that's, that's important to them. You know, food is really important. A diversity yeah, yeah. of food uh, yeah. and colors, bright colors. That's really important to them. And the, the reality is if you don't talk about the values, people fill it with those interpretations. Mm. And uh, a good example, one of our values, we talk a lot about uh, push, like pushing outside of your own boundaries, comfort zone, learning more. The, one of the reasons we talk about our stories, like when did somebody get out of their comfort zone to learn something? Uh, my co-founder recently get, delivered a talk where she shared some personal details and she was super uncomfortable. Like you could see her, she was really uneasy and nervous on stage. She talked about that with the company because if we don't tell that story about push, people will tell other stories like mm. Kurt stayed late to help fix a customer issue. You know, someone put in an 80 hour work week and then you start to realize, oh, Actually, people care about working long hours, and that, that's mm -hmm. not what we want the culture to be. Mm -hmm. So if you don't fill those times with your own stories and your own artifacts, it gets filled with other things, and then people think your culture is about food, uh, which right. <laughs> I don't think any of us really want. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I think that that's interesting as far as, you know, articulating that. I, I think one thing that I, I've tried to do um, is in in the moment kind of instead of it being like oh we have a weekly meeting or whatever but just in the moment kind of affirm like that behavior or that that thing that that happens right like um you know one of our things is surprise and delight right like mm -hmm. like how do we go above and beyond and and surprise and delight our customer and so it's 
one, one of my favorite things is when one of my employees says, says that back, you know, like, well, I think maybe we'll surprise and delight them if we do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yes, you know, like, you know, <laughs> that's and awesome. that's just, I, I, that, I think that's really rewarding. Um, but I do think that when you tell a story, it, it uh, reaffirms the behavior and then also probably makes someone feel good because they're a part of a story. Totally. Like in that moment, you thank the employee, you recognize them. Absolutely. You're right. Like do it in the moment. What I'd recommend is also you capture that. Like maybe you keep a Slack channel where you talk about them or it's like a Google doc where you make a note of it. And then at your next quarterly meeting, you're like, by the way, that team member talked about let's surprise and delight our customers. And they said that, and dude, that was awesome. I'd love to see more of that. That's all it takes for the story. And again, we get to that idea of scaling the reality is we're each not going to see everything that our employees do. So we need to model that behavior of Mm -hmm. getting them each to recognize and share those stories. Otherwise we can't scale it. And I've seen so many companies where really the only champion of the culture is the CEO or the founder. And Mm -hmm. it's tough. Like you just hit a ceiling. You need to get all of your, you know, your, your leaders, your frontline managers, your individual contributors, all of them to be flag bearers. Yeah. How do you do that? I mean, cause I feel like there's probably an element of like, maybe some people will feel like, Oh, this is just cheesy or this is just, you know, like unnecessary people know, you know, like how, how do you as a leader champion those, you know, below you to also want to partake and participate? Uh, well, I mean, the first one is when people do that, when they have that negative kind of negative reaction, I call bullshit on it. Uh, because <laughs> it, I just like, I see it. I mean, I'm an engineer by training and engineers are some of the most skeptical people out there. Uh, let's use yeah. the play words. Uh, our last company, uh, my previous company was in the HR technology space. We had an HR system. One of our core features was kudos. If you logged into the HR system, the same, right beside the button where you can book vacation was a button to give kudos. Mm. And you couldn't disable that. That feature was on for everybody all the time. And it was a public feed. And the number of customers who came in and they're like, how do I disable this button? This isn't really going to make a difference. And we're like, sorry, if you want to use our platform, this is part of it. But invariably, they would come back. One of my favorites was a CEO, software company. He had 30 people. He said the same thing. He's like, in our kickoff meeting, when we launched the software, I joked. I was like, I'm going to go give some kudos. And he came back to me a couple months later. He's like, you know what, Joseph? You're making me a better manager. Every time Mm. I log in, it reminds me, oh, I need to recognize them. And Mm. then I'm seeing things my team members are recognizing each other for I didn't even know about. And it's a very natural thing once you start to model it. Uh, So yeah, I call bullshit on people. Um, But the big thing, honestly, the really big thing is you can just remind people. Uh, this is what I end up spending a lot of time doing is reminding my managers, hey, that thing that happened there, that, that probably deserves some recognition. And share that. And people appreciate it. Uh, you can also be deliberate saying, hey, I saw this behavior, but Mark, I think the recognition would be more meaningful if it came from you because you're in another department and I know it impacted you. And I think if you wrote that recognition, that would land better. Um, and then the big thing, as a CEO, you carry a lot of weight just naturally, like the people care about what you're saying. So when you go to an all hands and you reach out to your team, you say, Hey, if anybody has a story or a piece of recognition, they'd like us to call out. Can you flip it over to me and I'll call it out in the meeting. Oh man, it's so powerful because mm. people want their own recognition, like what they gave to be highlighted because it was really impactful to them. And so, yeah, you don't even have to work that hard to identify the stories. People will give them to you. 
Wow, wow, this is this is really great, and I and I definitely think you know, especially for a, you know a smaller agency, it's probably you know something where it's it's a little bit less complex because maybe there's only you know two or three of you on a team, and and you can kind of have those interactions a lot easier. But it's funny because I think about some of our clients who are larger, right? They have you know a few hundred employees there, and then you know, being connected in all the different departments, I am able to kind of hear people complain about other departments. And, and a lot of times I just feel like, why is this so hard for larger companies to one is give recognition to each other and then to communicate like what, what, how does, how does a larger company like solve some of those problems of communication and, and building culture, especially, you know, with some companies, right, it's kind of like, oh, a new CEO takes over or there's been a CEO who's, you know, been in the job for a while and everyone's just trying to survive. Like, how, how do you break that pattern um, and and get people to really focus on this and, and you know, make an effort? Ooh, uh, that's a fun, <laughs> tough one, because uh, I think there's, there's actually two problems there that get intertwined. Uh, and at, at the risk of maybe pissing off some people that have really put energy into some of this. I think the challenge isn't just about the methodology of scaling culture. Like we've talked about, like the practices I've described aren't actually that hard. It's mm-hmm. just, you have to be intentional about it. That's one side. And I think a lot of companies do mess that up. But the flip side is also the intent behind the values. Like I've seen a lot of companies where you read their values and there's nothing in there that's like treat each other with respect. Hmm. Like, like it's just not one of the stated values. Right. Uh, or, I mean, I've seen companies where they haven't had anything that was customer-oriented uh, in there. And I think a lot of companies haven't put enough effort into really saying, what is the culture we want to have? Instead, mm-hmm. one day somebody said something like, environmental impact should be a core value. And somebody said, oh, that's right. That sounds good. Now it's on the core values. And, Write it right, down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and. That we talked earlier, like that first step is define it intentionally. Uh, You see it the other way. I see this like every four years, every five years, I'll see a CEO write an op-ed in a newspaper and the op-ed goes something like this. Culture isn't something you can define. It's something that emerges. You have to bring your people together and see the patterns. And when I hear that, every time I hear that, I immediately go, oh, that was a CEO who didn't realize you need to define your culture and is now trying to fix something broken. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of companies that actually generally have not been intentional about the kind of culture they want to make. And if you're a small group, you have such a great opportunity to do it. Yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah. Starting early seems like it makes such a big difference. Um, yeah. And I, I, and when you talk about intentionality too, it's almost like motive matters too, because I, I've seen some people that build cultures that are, their motivation for writing the culture is um, more reactive than proactive to maybe it's like problems getting it that off a exist. list too. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or maybe it's even more motivated by control than it is creating a great work environment. You know, I've seen that too. Yep. Um, or maybe mostly financially motivated. I mean, I think finances are critical in business, obviously, but it's not the only thing that matters. So I feel like that's an interesting insight. Is like the yeah the the motivation behind it like matters as well. Um, back to like the practical side of the values. Is there a certain format? I don't know this is super tactical, but any certain format you rec- recommend for that or length or number of values that gets overwhelming? Like, have you seen something that tends to work well? Um, so on the number, I've seen huge arrays 
I mean, with our uh, with our last company, we had seven values. Shortly after our acquisition, we added an eighth. Um, mm-hmm. uh, actually, to kind of highlight that, after our acquisition, part of what we were asked to do was to help affect some change culturally. So one of the values that we added was bravery. We want to be brave. Um, so I mean, that's an example. That was a lot. It was hard to juggle. Um, right now, our company we run four uh, and. I think from a format perspective, uh, I think there's two big things we really encourage people to, to keep in mind. Whatever the title is, the name, the label you use, keep it short. Um, like I've heard companies where they'll have values like uh, skate where the puck is going. Okay, it's a great philosophy, but how can we make that even more succinct? Otherwise, people can't remember it. Ideally, mm-hmm. people need to be able to remember it. Um, the second thing is we're, we talked about stories and artifacts. We want to make this shareable. So mm-hmm. let's think about values where we can create some type of visual identity with them. Mm. Like maybe it's an icon or maybe it's an image or it's a picture. Um, another company that I thought did this really well uh, identified clips from movies that helped them represent the values oh, that they had. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a cool yeah. idea. So uh, one of their, their values uh, was uh, don't complain. Uh, but the full idea was that employees are allowed uh, employees are allowed to complain uphill, but they're not allowed to complain downhill. And to help convey it, they took a short clip from Save It, Private Ryan. And there's this short clip where one of the soldiers is complaining to Tom Hanks about how you know crappy he is, how shitty he is, and he's like, "Don't you ever have an issue?" And Tom Hanks's character is like, "No, you never complain downhill. You just don't." And that idea of like a visual, make it shareable, make it memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think the, the number matters quite so much other than you want to make sure you can fit it on like your one slide, your one page, make it shareable. If you have too many things, you can't optimize for it. Uh, but do think about memorability. So mm-hmm. short, something that allows you to accept a, a visual to it. Um, for us, part of the way that we help make our values memorable is that all of our values come in pairs. It's like a unique idiosyncrasy of our company, and it makes it really easy for people to think and reflect and consider them. Uh, so memorability is a, is a key element. When you are, you know, you've started several companies. So what does that look like for you? Like when you start something yourself, um, is it something that's different every time where it's like, depending on the problem you're solving for a customer or, or do you kind of reuse the same values every time you go somewhere else and, you know, spin up another company? Great question. Uh, I love that because it's a, I think, like you said earlier, values are so individual to the founding team. Like it, it's inextricably tied to who we are. It's a very much an identity thing. Um, and so no, we don't reuse the same ones because we recognize each company is going to be a little different. There's, definitely some themes so some repeating elements because of who we are and what we care about uh, so mm-hmm. for example one of our values with uvaro is diversity and solidarity the idea of we encourage all perspectives and all opinions so we can make a better decision and when we make a decision we all pull in the same direction mm-hmm. that idea of uh, uh, solidarity and uh, diversity with my previous company one of our core values was diversity uh, we had another core value about teamwork and there's clearly some overlap there in the philosophy, uh, but when we crafted them for this company, we had other people who were involved and we engaged in the process, so we came up with something different. Mm, that makes sense. Man, uh, I feel like this has been a really enlightening conversation for me and just just kind of a reaffirming you know, some of my thoughts and ideas about 
you know, how to build culture as well as giving me some really good ideas, um, you know, in building culture, you know, moving forward, especially since we're such a small team. Um, man, I, I would love if you could, um, well, well, first Ben, why don't you give your top takeaways from this conversation? Sounds good. I'd love to. Um, so, I feel like we had two kind of two different main topics that I really found interesting. One was validating business ideas. So uh, for that part is talk to some people, ask if they, you understand their problem correctly and whether you understand the solution correctly. Mm-hmm. If you could give it to them right now, what would they pay uh, to solve that problem? And that'll give you some insight in pricing and structure, all that kind of stuff. Secondly, the culture discussion was all about defining your culture, sharing your culture and scaling your culture. Uh, and for defining, uh, you need to uh, define the values you want your culture to have, make the name short and memorable, uh, maybe even create icons or visuals that represent each. For sharing your culture, share stories of people exhibiting your values, build weekly habits around the values, like giving kudos related to those values. And then for scaling, think about how you could hire for a good culture fit without even being in the interview at all and develop some interview questions around your actual company values. Boom. Look at that value. We're, we're providing value. So, okay, Joseph, if you could leave our listener with one action item that they could put into practice next week to say, all right, this is what you should do in order to take action and move forward. What would that action item be uh, as it pertains to culture? I'm going to assume anyone listening in already has their values written down. So the thing I'd ask them to do is to actually say, Hey, what are the behaviors that represent that value? And then how do you ask those in an interview question? Because if you hit that, you're going to make so much of your scaling so much easier. That's that's so good. I love that. And I'm going to, my next hire, I'm going to figure out each one of my values and how I can work that into a question that I can then ask, knowing that then that person who comes on board is going to be aligned with those values. So um, that's fantastic. Well, hey, Joseph, thanks so much for being on the Friday Habit. Where can people uh, connect with you and just learn more about what you're doing and follow you and get the inspiration and and all that you provide? If uh, folks are interested in learning more about career success and helping people grow more, they can hit us up at uvaro, U-V-A-R-O.com. And I'm on most social, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram at Joseph Fung, all one word. Feel free to hit me up awesome. Hey, thanks for listening to the Friday Habit. Uh, If you want to find out more, head over to thefridayhabit.com. There you can find show notes for this episode. You can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit system that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like us to cover, uh, shoot us a voice memo at hello at thefridayhabit.com. That's right. And until next time, remember, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.